You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Like we always do about this time. I was gonna rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from their court. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, what is up? What is up? What is up? Welcome to another edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. This is episode number 26 of the Hawks Beat Podcast, the quarantine edition of the Hawks Beat Podcast. Got Hello. one of my buddies uh, sitting in with me today, well, sitting in with me virtually, uh, my guy Donnell Suggs. Uh, I've been seeing Donnell for years at the Hawks games, man. He is a, a journalist, he's a journalist, man. And I uh, appreciate you for coming on to the show, man. I appreciate you having me, brother. Good to see you, man. Yeah, no doubt, man. It, it, it would be nice if we could see each other at Phillips. I mean, not Phillips, at State Farm like we normally do and uh, chop yes. it up that way. But, you know, COVID had other plans. COVID had a whole other idea. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, man, uh, let me get rid of some of this housekeeping. Uh, for those of you, if you are listening to this on the podcast format, we invite you to connect with us on our social media platforms. Uh, a big part of what we do is on the social media front. So uh, connect with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our at name is Hawks Beat. Uh, find us on Facebook. We're actually streaming on Facebook now. And uh, you can find us that way. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are, are um are put out there. Uh, so uh, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, you name it, we out there. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. But back to my guy, Mr. Suggs. Uh, again, man, I said he, he is a journalist. He's a journalist. He, he loves his profession. He loves his craft. Uh, made a career change. Not, not Well, not a career change, but a, a, a shift change. 
and uh, he's no longer covering sports. And tell me a little bit about the change, my brother. Look, man, I think I jinxed everybody, man. <laughs> I left. I left sports writing on March 5th to take a job um, covering the Catholic Church for the Southern Cross newspaper. Uh, it's, a, it's a Catholic diocese of Savannah's newspaper. So I'm going up and down South Georgia from all the way down in Brunswick, knock on wood, all the way up to Macon. And I took that March 5th and it felt like the sports world flipped on me like four or five days later. So I feel like I jinxed everybody. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so how has it been like I, I mean I know you're a journalist and a journalist and people and I've dabbled in uh, journalism I've done the newspaper route and when you're a journalist the passion is about uh, storytelling it's about storytelling I know I know it is for me uh, for you making the move from sports to you know the Catholic Church is, is how have you like managed that and it, it really was a 180 like if you can write, you can write. Overall, you know how to kind of watch something, look at something, talk to somebody. If you can go to an NBA locker room and talk to them after a game, you can talk to a priest yeah. who, who's, who's not angry about the fact that he didn't get no minutes or he lost the game. So what I've learned after 20 years of doing sports writing was really just been the same thing I'm doing now. But it is different, though. Just the, just the timing of it, the hustle. You got to run downstairs and get quotes. I mean, I've been here, like I said, two months now, and everyone I've talked to has not only wanted to talk to me, but gave me as much time as I wanted. And you know that's not a part of the game that we was in. Yeah, so, you know, I, I don't imagine that you have to deal with uh, a priest giving a press conference, and he don't really feel like talking. He's like, you know what, I didn't have it tonight. I didn't really have it. I don't feel like talking. <laughs> not, yet. not yet. So far, so far, the priest and the bishops that I've talked to have been super nice and said, Donnell, what else do you need? which is so crazy to me because I've never gotten that from the PR people, athletes, coaches, whatever. It's like, uh, look, I got three minutes. What's up? Not here. It's like, whatever you need. Here's my cell phone number. Call me tonight if you have more questions. So wow. It's been a 180. And, and we both know right. that's not the case in sports. In sports, <laughs> we're happy for the crumbs that we get. The, the quotes, right. you know, that are the, uh, the, the, vanilla in, the, the vanilla interviews and things like that, man. So uh, that's got to be I, I imagine that's got to be kind of fun, though, like just learning like the craft from a different angle, right? Right. Well, I grew up Catholic, so it's not like the language is different, but it is different. The craft is different. You're right. It's like I'm used to approaching someone asking about the twelve, the twelve points in the fourth quarter. There's there is no there's no style with this. You have to make up your own way to kind of do it. And um, yeah. so far so good. I've just used I've used a lot what I've learned in sports writing in this though. I've used a lot, so that I've been. I'm a little bit more aggressive than your normal uh, reporter working at a, a, a Catholic newspaper. I'm more like trying to get to the bottom of things, and they're like, "Oh, we're not used to that." Usually, we just give people some time, and all, all the questions are softballs. I might investigate it per se, but I am I'm good for me. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's talk a little sports, man. Uh, there's not much sports going on outside of the ESPN documentary. We can talk a little bit about that later, too. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks opened up their facility this week, uh, so guys were able to come in and, and work out. And uh, so let me ask you, now, how, how long have you been going to and covering the Hawks kind of on and off? Because I know your main thing when you were doing sports was, was the high school was the high school beat. 
But uh, right. how long were you, were you doing the Hawk stuff? Because I remember seeing you almost way back to where I first started. Uh, I got I started covering the Hawks in 2008 for the Atlanta Daily World when they used to come out in print twice yeah. a week. Then it was on one, and then it went down to one day a week. It used to be right there on um, uh, forgetting the address, but um, I remember she said, "Listen, she had, I saw an ad randomly in a paper somewhere. I don't even remember how I got the ad, but I walked down there." I just walked down to the office, came in, and had my little resume. She's like, cool, you want to come to the Hawks? I'm thinking, I'm from New York. I just got here a couple years before that, in 06. And to think you can cover the Knicks off the street is crazy. I yeah. come here, and she's like, you want to, uh, all we got is the Hawks. I was like, you want me to cover the NBA? So yeah, we'll pay you $35 a story. I was like, cool. You didn't even have to pay me. So I took that, and I was covering the Hawks back when they were bad. You think this is bad? This is nothing. You know how bad it was in 08. And then everything got turned around with that playoff season. That was my first season. Yeah. That playoff, you know, so I was in the house for game three, man. I, I, I still got chills thinking about that first round series for Boston game three. Yeah, it, it, it was something like, and I, and I tell folk all the time, like, I'm so privileged to, to be able to cover these events and stuff and be able mm -hmm. to tell the story, you know, because it, to me, it's about storytelling, you know. Anybody can just go to a game and just be like, oh, I'm at the game. But to be able to tell people through your podcast or through a story, the feel and the ambiance of what the crowd was like or how electric it was or stuff that you see beyond the scenes, all the stuff that we see in the locker room that we don't really report on, you know, uh, that was kind of the hook for me, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I mean, yeah, man, it, it just, it's just been really dope, just that whole experience about it. Uh, so you were there during the, um, the 61 season, right? That, you know, here's the funny part. I covered every season up until that year. That year, I didn't cover the Hawks at all because I took a job covering high schools way down in Houston County. So I couldn't make it back up. So I did not cover the Hawks the year. They were awesome. Wow. I, I, got right, I got right back for the, Atlanta, for the Atlanta boys the very next year, all the way up until this very season. So I missed the 60-win seasons, huh? I didn't cover one game that year. And I only went to, like, five. That was crazy. Yo, that 60-win season was crazy. The whole January – they went undefeated. And it was like driving up to the driving up to the arena every night, you just had this feeling that they were just supposed to win. Like they were yeah. clicking on that level. And it was something magical to see, man. Like it was, it was for all intents and purposes, man, like that was the Hawks promised land. That that 60 win season, man. It, it was a great time to be covered. I was at the Gold State game. I didn't cover that game, but I had my, you know. We had press pass, and I was like, listen, I'm going to use it tonight. I'm going to use it. I went to the Golden State game, and other than that 2008 playoff game, I don't remember the energy ever being, for me, in Atlanta sports, in Atlanta, better than that, the night, that night they played Golden State when the Hawks not only won that game, but it wasn't crazy that the Hawks beat them. It was like, yeah, you're not going to beat the Hawks in Atlanta. I still don't yeah. remember that feeling again for a home team because I didn't cover the Falcons in 1998. I wasn't even here. I didn't cover the Braves in 1995, but I know that that Hawks team was so good. When Golden State came into town, it was a, it was like, oh yeah, the Hawks gonna win this game, and that Golden State team was awesome. But it was like, no, nah, I didn't beat the Hawks in Atlanta. I don't remember um, Atlanta having that kind of home court advantage before or since for me since I've been here. Yeah, it was crazy, and and I covered I covered the Falcons during the Vic era. And, okay. like, when I tell you, like, that was a moment that was, like, yes. transcendent. 
like seeing Michael Vick, like I still remember to this day how loud the Georgia Dome was when Michael Vick got introduced in that playoff game against the Rams. It was a night game. Everybody had been drinking all day. Like, it was (laughs) nuts. It was nuts. (laughs) Right. But good times, man. Good times in journalism, man. Um, uh, Going into this offseason and bringing it back to the Hawks, um, the Hawks have been rebuilding for a few years now, and they finally have these core pieces, and they have these guys (laughs) that are finally ready to make a move. Um, Looking at the roster for guys that are under contract next year, I think they only have like seven or eight guys. But the seven or eight guys that they have are part of that core. Right, so you get your you get your uh, your Trey, your Herder, your Reddish, your Hunter, John Collins, you get Edmund, Capella, um, and there may be another guy. So that's about eight guys. Uh, what? Uh, Bimbry still. I think. Who was that, Bimbry? Bimbry, I think he's got one more year in his contract. Okay, uh, he might be up for a, and I'd have to look at it. He might be up for like maybe a be a restricted or something like that. So. It's something – Bembry's kind of like a uh, – he's like maybe 50-50 he'll be here or not. But what do you think this team needs to add? Because next year, everybody's expecting playoffs for this team. Here's my thing. Let's start with what we got right now. If we leave – if we don't – if the Hawks don't add anything else, they're a 7 or 8 seed next year. That's how I feel. No doubt. No if, doubt. Wait, 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 wait. With a healthy Capella. He cannot be – he can't He can't come into next season – Still not playing. We need a center now. I don't think drafting a one-and-done high school player or something like that is going to change this team. But I think a healthy Capella with the pieces you just named, in particular, obviously, Trey. We know that. Obviously, John John Collins should be an all-star next year. He really should be. Enough is enough. I get it this year with all the games he missed. He shouldn't have been an all-star. I get it. But John Collins and Trey Young should be all-stars. Kevin Hurd has already shown him and Cam Reddish have already shown they're legitimate NBA players, so we good on that. Um, I really I like DeAndre Hunter as a as a ball player altogether. If there's a healthy Capella in that mix, that's a 45 win team. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but that is a lot in the NBA. That's a playoff team. 45 wins is a playoff team. 45 and 37. That's my prediction for next year, and that's the low. That's the low. The high is like 50. Because Trey Young is so good, he's already shown this guy can win games not on his own. No one wins games on their own. But damn near close to it, though. So imagine everybody. And and I I mean, I echo those sentiments. Like, this year, I always said, like, they were going to be kind of, like, on the low end. And people, like, you know, they wanted to go battle with me. And and the thing about it, man, I go to battle sometimes with Hawks Twitter, you know, because I tell things like I see it, man. Like, and it's not like I'm better than somebody. But you and I know when you when you when you cover a team, you you know what the locker room looks like. You know the, the personalities of that team. And I was telling folks, look, look, man, it's not no shade, but this team is not a playoff team right now. You know, and uh, they tried to kill your boy for it. <laughs> I got in trouble because I said something. Because I said that I love Trey Young, but we draft Luka Doncic and we're in a different position. Oh, you a hater? I said, well. Well, you to, how many games have you been to this year? Someone was like, oh, I've been to two. I said, I've been to 37. And I'm telling you that if Luka Doncic is on this team, I'm just saying it's a different team. And I think it's a better team. But that's a whole other argument. Oh, man, I had to, like, really, like, tell somebody, well, to meet me down the street then. All that crazy stuff you're talking. We got into it like that. 
<laughs> it got personal. I'm thinking to myself, what's wrong, guys? Dallas is in a position to be a playoff team a year later. Dallas is not better than Atlanta on any any position except Luka Doncic's position. Am I wrong? Yeah, and, and the crazy thing is the and what people don't know who don't live down here, the civil war between Luka Doncic's fans and Trey Young fans Trae is like mm-hmm. deep seated. And I don't know why it's deep seated. Like I don't know if it's like a whole Larry Bird magic thing because like you can't acknowledge one without people think that you're crapping on the other. And it's totally yes. ridiculous. You know, like they're both ballers. They're both going to be perennial all-stars and it's crazy, man. Like, you know, but to your point, talking about Trey and this is, he's, he'll be going into his third season and nobody, mm-hmm. well, not me. I, I didn't see him coming in playing as well as he's played. I'll just say that. And I, I, I actually, and I actually wanted them to draft a more defensive guy like a Jaron Jackson. Um, you know, if you go back and pull all the tape, that was who I was advocating for. But I've been very impressed with Trey and how he's handled it. What do you think the next step in Trey's maturation process is? This segment is brought to us by Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Custom jewelry shipped quickly to your doorstep. Every piece will be uniquely yours. You can get the Tillman's Trinkets and Things from our website, thehawksbeat.com. Just click on their banner, Tillman's Trinkets and Things. Shout out to our guy, Jonathan. He's done great work. He's made pieces for my daughter, for my son, for myself. Check out the folks over at Tillman's Trinkets and Things. It's, it's, there's no other, there's no other step for him left, but when he gets on court, other teams know, and you, and you could already see that from the last time you and I were sitting in that arena. Other teams know if we shut down this guy, we shut down that team, a la uh, Paul George when he was in Indiana when he was young, or Dame Lillard right now. If we shut those guys down, we shut down the team level. That's that's among the top 20 guys. Like, if you get James Harden out of it, I know Russell West is on that team now, but if you get James Harden out of it, that team's probably not going to win. That's what level I think he's going to. He's, not, he's no longer a young player. This guy's going to year three. I think he literally is one of the top 20 players in the NBA. And that's saying a lot. Because 24 are all-stars. I think he's one of the top 20 guys. You can't, you can't put him in the top 10 right now. That's not fair. He's been on teams that haven't won 25 games. But that next tier, I believe Trey Young is in that tier right now. The next 10, 12 guys, he's in that. And there's and that's a really good ball player in that tier. And he's, he's one of them. Yeah, no doubt. He's, that's going to become a thing. It won't be a maybe, we'll see in the future. It'll be, oh, Trey and Luka Doncic, those are the top 15, 20 guys. Yeah, and uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. I see uh, my boy Dwayne. I see my guy Maceo. What up, Maceo? I just got done listening to those guys. Uh, shout out Maceo. to Maceo and Glaze, uh, friends of the shows. Uh, I see yes. my guy Eric, guys, uh, joining in. Um, my thing is this, and, and, and by no means am I comparing Trey to Michael Jordan. But here, here is the parallel. Uh, if you've been watching The Last mm-hmm. Dance, you, you, you saw of how Michael's game went to that next level once he started to believe in the system and believe in his teammates a little bit more. When mm-hmm. Phil instituted the triangle, and even Michael was like, yo, like, what are you, what are you talking about? Nobody wants to see Bill Cartwright taking the shot. But the thing that won Mike Chips was his ability and his trust 
in guys like John Paxson and guys like Steve Kerr. Now, to me, I think that Trey can score 40 points a game if he wants to, literally. He he, the, the way the he game can. is now, he can really score 40 points a game. Nobody can stay in front of him. If he wanted to, he can take the ball to every play. He shoots from like a mile down, down the court. But until mm-hmm. he realizes the value in getting guys like John Collins going every night, because he's a big, making sure Cam Reddish is, is into the game, making sure all yes. those auxiliary parts around him are moving, then he starts to eat. Once he realizes that, I think then is when he's going to take it to the next level because, you know, nobody expects anything now instead, in, 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 instead of, uh, except for rings, you know. And I think for him to get to that level, he's got to invest more into his teammates. Yeah, he's averaging close to damn near 10 assists, but I'm talking about, like, if, 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 the, if, the, if a first quarter is over and you got 25 and nobody else is doing nothing, that's not, that's not beneficial, nor is it sustainable. There are plenty of games that I've watched Cam Reddish just run up the court, run up the court. Same with John Collins. And the difference with, like, some of those younger point guards, like older point guards like Steve Nash, he, he would tell guys, look, mm-hmm. I don't care what the play is, I'm coming to you. And I think that's what Trey has to do for guys like John Collins and Cam Reddish and all those guys around him. What do you think about John Collins and his suspension really hurt uh, the Hawks this year? What do you think uh, as far as the next step in his maturation needs to be? That suspension just ended the season. It, it, it might as well have ended the season. Because you just take those 40 games for a moment and take the games he played when he first got back. What did he play, about 20? This guy, was from, he, looked, he looked fantastic. John Collins' game rounded out. I mean, it's like it's rounded out. Like he's a three-point threat at this point. Like that's how good he is. So imagine him having that. There's a lot of games that you and I were at. Maceo was at a whole bunch. Jamila, shout out to Jamila. There was a lot of people that was there. The host lost games in the fourth quarter, ran out of gas, and he wasn't even there. So imagine him being there full, full bore, 100. percent There's a lot of games that could have won. Playoff game, playoff team, probably not, but. There's like at least five or six games they could have won. We saw them going to overtime with Chicago. How, how many overtimes was that at one time? The Chicago game they end up losing. Man, a lot. There's games that you have a job. There's a couple games like that this year. Um, I just I just see his game going straight up. Like I said, I believe there's a chance for him to be an all-star. I know I'm stretching a little bit because it's hard to break that forward position. But it really isn't all that packed in the East. I can see him being one of the forwards on an all-star team. Maybe not next year, but the year after. Because his game is so well-rounded. If you check his stats, the little 20 games he played, dude is at like 20 and 10. He was yeah. killing when he got back. So this, this, the ceiling for him is way up. The ceiling is way up there for John Collins. He was a steal. He's going to go down as one of the top 20 steals of all time. Because that guy was – I mean, he was good at Wake Forest. I get that. But you didn't see him get 20 and 10 in his third year. Mm. Not as a pick he got picked. It was 16? Yeah. I think that one of the guys uh, that you're going to see next year, and, and, and you're going to have to see how Lloyd Pierce navigates the John, P- I mean, the, uh, the John Collins and Clint Capella being on the floor at the same time, because they do kind of basically the right. same thing, you know, pick and roll, mm. dive types of things. So it's going to be interesting to see how that adjustment works. You know, my thing is, look, look, man, give me five ball players and let me let them figure it out. <laughs> and, and with John Collins, I told John in the beginning of the season before this, before 
before the season even started, I said, John, you're a 20 and 10 guy now. Like, that's who you are. And, like, mm-hmm. do you feel, like, the pressure? Like, so it, you can't have a night where you go, like, 8 and 8. Like, you can't be that guy. Like, you have, no, you're going to be a 20 and 10 guy. You got to be 20 and 10 every night. Like, there's no excuse. That's where you are now. That's where you need to be, period. I can, I can see Clint Capella being healthy and being the – I get his pick-and-roll game. He's diving to the rim. Well, John Collins showed you that 18-footer is money, man. He's move, He's going to move into that Carmelone thing where a lot of my baskets – half his baskets are going to be 15-foot jump shots. When when Capella's diving to the rim and he gets covered, I can see Trey just flicking his hit on John Collins on the elbow and knocking down an easy 15-foot jump shot three, four, five times a game. Add that to five, six free throws and then a couple dunks. That's 22 points a game right there. When you're power four position, because yeah. Capella's not a time scorer. We get we get fifteen and twelve from Capella. That's perfect. That's perfect. I you think that I, I think that Clint Capella brings a defensive element to it that hasn't yes. been uh, seen because this team has been god awful defensively, like god awful oh. defensively. That's why I was so in love with the DeAndre Hunter pick. That's why I really like the Cam Reddish pick because mm-hmm. defensively and the way the game is played now, defense is kind of an afterthought. Now that kind of bugs me as an old Grizzly guy who mm-hmm. loves like kind of throwback basketball. And, yes. and I like the days of the enforcer to, you know what I'm saying? Like, but they're, they're, those guys are few and far between, but Ken Capella, he can protect the paint. He can alter shots. Uh, so I think that that's, that's the value that you're going to get with Capella. He's going to, he's going to grab all the rebounds, you can stagger him with John and with, with you know, you don't got to play him at the same time. So that's going to give them more depth. Um, I think they like the Labissieri kid who's who's about 6'10", 6'11", as well. So um, they're addressing yeah. the rebounding issue. I still like Dwayne Dedman. I like Dwayne Dedman probably more than most. Uh, and that that's not just because he's probably the best locker room guy, but I like what he brings to the table. And that, yeah. He's huge. Yeah, but that, but that three-point shoot has been going up and up. The attempts have been going up and up the past couple of years. And when I see him start fading behind that line, I keep thinking, this isn't the season for that anymore. Next year will not be the year where he should be taking those threes. This is going to be a good basketball team. And those shots don't get taken on good basketball teams. Name all the good teams. Random guys aren't taking threes on those good teams. They're taking those threes in Sacramento and, um, well, Atlanta, unfortunately. And Milwaukee, even even Anza Kupo's not taking threes like that, and he can. Those are good teams getting easy baskets. We need to get, let the let the pros scorers score, and let the big guys like Dwayne Demon, God bless him, help out. You're a veteran. We need you to help out in that paint and stop taking them threes. But that's a whole other argument for another day. Maybe yeah, uh, and shout out to my guy Dwayne in the chat talking about Cam rubbish. I, I got some thoughts on Cam Reddish, but I want to I want to address the the, the three point shot, and I think that and I've had this problem with the previous administration with talking going back to Coach Bud, the amount of threes mm-hmm. that the Hawks have taken, and it just it drives me it drives me bananas because if you're a metrics guy and you understand the look, if you're only hitting in the bottom half of your three pointers percentage wise in the league. You shouldn't be near the top for the attempts. Like, that's just purely, you know what I'm saying? If you're only connecting on 32%, you shouldn't be top 10 in attempts. And I know Coach Pierce, he wants to play fast. He wants the guys to be free. And that just drives mm-hmm. me nuts. The, 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 
the, uh, the, the, the shots of threes with reckless abandon. It drives me nuts. And it's not a recipe for success, man. And I, I'll die on that hill, bro. I'm going to die on that hill. <laughs> it worked. It worked when we had three-point shooters. <laughs> See, there is no – Kyle Corbett ain't coming through that door. He's not walking through that door. He's through that door. It was fun when Kyle Corbett was doing it. And, and every now and again, Teague might take one. And every now and again, Al might fade. But this team was so good defensively. They can afford it. The team now cannot afford to do that. No disrespect to Deadman. He's a very good basketball player, but we can't have the game where he goes one for six. Why is he taking six? You don't need yeah. to take six at all. Now you got to ever heard it on your team. Exactly. And it's like, you know, you don't have those three points. And the thing about that 61 team, they even, like you said, the difference between this team and that team, the, the three-point shooting, and I've done an analysis on that, like – it's not that much different. The difference is no. that team that went that won sixty win. They had dogs defensively, like Damari Carroll, Tabitha uh, Stephanosis, uh, Jeff Teague. Um, Al Horford is one of the you know was one of the better perennial uh, you know defensive guys. Paul Millsap was a top finish, yeah. top five two way guy. Like they had defensive yeah. guys. You don't have that, so you can't be both. You can't not be a good three point shooting team and be bad. You don't have the luxury to do both. You can't be a not not good three point shooting team yet take take as many as ten teams in the league. So you're not making them. You're taking a lot of them, and you're not stopping on the other side. The sixty win team could afford to miss a couple threes. Wonder why? Because you doesn't you weren't getting a basket on the other side. So I missed my three. You didn't get two. I made my three. You didn't get two. I made another three. You didn't get two. Hulks up by six. This team can't do that. They no. miss a three. Trey Young takes a 35-footer, which, by the way, he can make. But does it say he misses that? Hawks give up two. He, yeah. Uh, it comes away, Devin or somebody random, or Kevin Hurd, he missed that. Now Hawks down by four. And that's how it used to happen. Before you know it, end of the first quarter, down 12. And you're like, <laughs> what happened? Because you can't shoot. This team can't do that. So let's get back to me and dogs. But let's, let's keep it – let's keep the, the, the three-point shooting to a minimum. We're not good at that right now. And, and that brings us back to Lloyd Pierce. Lloyd Pierce, I believe he's going to be mm. entering into the third year of the Pierce, uh, the Pierce uh, regime. And right. I'm a big fan of Lloyd Pierce. I like Lloyd Pierce. He has some holes, of course, just like every coach, you know. I think that the Hawks fan base, um, I don't think that they're always fair with him. But, you know, fans aren't fair with anybody. That's why they're called fans. Right. Um, objectively speaking, I have, you know, some thoughts on some of the things that he does. But I think overall – as a young guy, I like what he brings to the table. He's trying to bring a culture of responsibility, a culture of, you know, playing defense. You know, he's a defensive guy. And mm -hmm. those, there are times where this team has just mailed it in defensively. And, you know, he has not shied away about that. You know, after games, you know, he's been like, you know, and I don't know if you were at that press conference that, that kind of went viral when he was like, I got nothing, you know, I got nothing. And the whole pressure lasts like 30 seconds. <laughs> I saw plenty of videos, yes. <laughs> but Lloyd has been a real keep it real coach. I'm, I'm wondering, what are your thoughts on Coach Pierce? This segment is brought to us by a welltogetherman.com. Make sure you check out a welltogetherman.com. It is a website for men that deals with grooming, fashion, entrepreneurship, and fitness. 
They're good friends of the Hawks Beat. Shout out to our guy, Rufus Addison. They do a great job over there. Make sure you stop by today at welltogetherman.com and be one of those men who are leaders, not followers, men who take care of themselves, and men that have some self-respect. Shout out once again to a welltogetherman.com. Quarterback on this bad boy, and we're gonna we're gonna stroll it. But yeah, man, your your, your thoughts on on Lloyd Pierce, man? I just feel and like don't he's worry the, about the other stuff, man. I'll edit that joint out. <laughs> I bet. I feel like he's the right guy for the job. I feel like he's got the ear of the key players in the locker room, the young kids that he's been around since he's been um he's been coach, i.e. Collins, i.e. Trey Young, Kevin Herter, obviously the draftees Hunter and um and Cam. So. You don't want to stop the momentum. Good teams don't destroy their momentum. And good teams like the teams that have been building up and building up. Sacramento won, like, if I'm not correct, I mean, Sacramento's wins this season. I know it seem like a lot, but they don't bother the flow. They got their young guys. Or let's use Denver as an example. They got their coach. They draft guys. They keep it together. And now that's a regular playoff team. This The Hawks can be Denver. Maybe not a title threat, but a playoff team if you keep the flow. Taking Lloyd Pierce out after this year because this team don't make the playoffs and replacing him with a, a, a rerun, some other coach, uh, Scott Brooks, um, is going to mess up the flow. Let's keep him here. So when his contract is up, man, I wanna, I'd like to see him renewed next season. I'd like to see them show some some patience at that, that head coach position. Yeah. Me too. I, I'm a big fan of Lloyd Pierce, and I, and, I, and I've I've gone to many a battle a night on Lloyd Pierce, and people get mad at his rotations and stuff. And I thought that you know the fan, and, and again, man, when John Collins was out and the Hawks were losing all those games, I thought that he received a lot of unfair criticism. But again, like I said, a fan, a fan's not going to understand that. Like a fan's not going to look at it objectively like you and like me, and. No. And a lot of times I'm like asking that they're upset over the rotations. I'm like, yo, man, like, who do you, who is he supposed to put, who was he supposed to put in there? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you cannot play Trey Young 48 minutes a game. You're going to run yeah. him into the ground. And folks are like, why are we going to this lineup? And like, well, who else? Like, people didn't understand the lack of talent that was on that team. And before right. he, they made those trades, you know what that team looked like? That team was terrible. From a talent standpoint, yes. I mean, you had guys just eating contracts, just here collecting checks. It was devoid of con, uh, devoid of talent. But shout out to Barry Parker. Oh my gosh, yeah, shout out, shout out to. <laughs> That's my guy, though, man. Just uh, mm. <laughs> five to four quarter minutes, man. At Jabari was eight, hey, you, but you remember Jabari had that little stretch though. He had that little yeah, stretch one when uh, John Collins was out. He was yeah, putting close like 15, 17 a game, and he yeah. was eating. And I was like, "Yo, man!" Because Jabari was out here playing for a contract because they only signed him to the two-year deal, and that right. second year was an option. So if he played decent, then he was going to get his chips up. But chips. unfortunately, in true Jabari Parker fashion, he got hurt, got hurt. again. Again, it's one of the uh, unfortunate things that you hate to see. Uh, I asked this uh, a couple of weeks ago when I had uh, some other folks in there uh, Mm -hmm. that were covering the Hawks games or whatever. Um, 
when you think back to the Hawks games, like what are some of the memorable games, more memorable games? It could be from this season or just during the career that you think about when you think about like that experience. Well, nothing's going to be, uh, nothing's going to be having Joe Johnson get signed. Cause I like Joe Johnson at Arkansas. So when the Hawks signed him was when I started covering the team. I was like, I don't know nothing about the rest of this team. This team is terrible. But Joe Johnson is nice. So having watched him the whole time he was in Atlanta, I know he gets a lot of flack for the money he made, but you wouldn't have turned the money down either. Who going to turn down the money? I ain't going to turn down no money. <laughs> Why would I turn down $100 million? Okay, cool. <laughs> Joe Johnson's got as many game-winning jump, uh, game-winning shots as anyone in the NBA doing that five-year span at one point. Joe Johnson was clutch for the Hawks. I mean, I know a lot of the games wasn't clutch games. But Joe Johnson was great, so I loved watching him mature from uh, who's this guy they signed to? Uh-oh, we already know. I saw Joe going to get a bucket. I, I love watching that. I love watching that 018. That 0718, man, it was just – it was great to see a team turn into something because I knew that from that point on, the Hawks went on a – I don't think people realize, the Hawks went on a playoff streak for like eight years. Yeah. It was not And at one point, it was good for a first-round win against a Milwaukee or Orlando for a while. So it was great there when no one cared and the locker room had like five reporters in it because it was like yeah. and then they started, they started turning up and changing so that was awesome so those are my favorite moments that old 7018 and then having watched joe from the beginning when he first got here and josh i miss josh smith josh too. Yeah. josh smith is the singular reason why they started marketing hawks games as the highlight factory because i, I covered that team as well josh came in the league flying. He, it, it, with Josh, you, you would take the good, but you'd have to take the bad. I remember Josh yeah. would take that three-pointer and it would take him seven seconds to load up. And you could hear Philip Serena just sigh like, no. no. <laughs> I remember that, man. No, Josh. Oh, my Sometimes God. But as far as, as far as blocking shots, as far as blocking shots, as far as finishing at the rim and the dunks, like Josh Smith was that yeah. dude, man. Like young Josh Smith, he was that dude, man. And he's been so quiet too, man. Josh got his money and broke out. I'm yeah. out. Cool. You get that money. I mean, I see him sometimes. At the, uh, he comes back during the summertime and play the AEBL. And uh, I see him there, and it's just like you know, he got it. He he got his money. He was never the same, and I kind of don't blame him. Don't <laughs> either. You mad at Josh Smith making that money? I'm taking it. Yeah, no doubt, man. And, and Josh and, and our guy uh, Joe Johnson, man, I'm a big Joe Johnson fan. We were talking last week on the pod, and I was like, for as far as Mount Rushmore for the Hawks, Joe Johnson is on my Mount Rushmore for the Hawks because of what he it's did. For me. Yeah, it's more personal. Coming here when there was nothing here and establishing himself as an all-star in a land that nobody wanted to right. be, nobody wanted, you know, he, he was, you know, people got, you know, upset about because the money was problematic near the end, but Josh put on for this city. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah, Joe put on for this city, man. Good dude, humble dude. Dude didn't do nothing but just get buckets and sport waves. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Are you mad at Joe for? Matter of fact, yeah. that should be the guy. We should have been championing a guy like that. He wasn't no, on Twitter tripping. He wasn't doing nothing in the streets. He never had no police blotter. He just came to the game. He got 25. Oh, we lost. Well, all right. What Joe got? 25. 
Say helps. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you get a game winner. How can you not like Joe Johnson? Yeah, yeah. Um, who were some of your favorite guys to cover, like in the locker room? And we, we all know how um, in this business, you know, you have guys who are just like, oh, I really don't feel like talking to them. And you have guys that, you know, I really enjoy talking to them. Like each time, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to get a good quote. You're not going to get a good sound bite. Who were some of the guys that you enjoyed covering? Now, one thing about my guy, Joe, you ain't getting no sound bite from Joe Johnson. Nope. No, sir. <laughs> you might not get anything. And not because he's mad. Cause he ain't got nothing to say. Al Horford was always very professional. I found him extremely professional from day one. Al Horford was a lot of fun. Marvin Williams was a good guy you could talk to. You can you can put you can you can put Marvin to the side. He was never like too busy or whatever. That was cool. I always like Jeff T, especially one on one. We on some one on one stuff. Jeff T go back to Indianapolis with you. And he'll be talking yeah, like a Jeff regular. T was, Jeff T was much better one on one than he was in the scrum. Always. He was much better one on one. That 60-win season, you would think Jeff T don't talk. But the year before, when he was just a, you know, just a, a guy on a playoff team, you pull Jeff T to the side, he'll give you some good stuff. Just some regular street stuff, like basketball. I always liked him for that. Always liked Jeff T for that. Um, um, I think Trey Young is very good. I think, and I think Trey is very good with the media. I think he's very good. I think he understands. He's a star. You can't be not one to talk. You're a star. So we got to talk to you. So I think he's getting that. Yeah, but um, Jeff Teague was my guy though. That was my guy. If I wanted to holler at Jeff, I could just say, "Hey, Jeff, real quick." He won't be like, "Nah, I gotta go." He's always like, "All right, what's up? What's up? What you need, bro?" And we he would give me five minutes. I was like that. Yeah, real professional. Like uh, we talked last week about Vince Carter, <laughs> and Vince Carter, one of the greats as far as even like people don't understand how great he is talking. Um, after a game and how like yo man you gonna talk to Vince you better make sure you got that <laughs> you gotta make sure you got the, that stamina because Vince gonna tell you a story he gonna be 10 to 15 minutes he gonna be he gonna be 10 to 15 minutes you gonna get one question he gonna go five ten minutes on it <laughs> he got stories he got stories man dude had a nice career man 21 years am I right yeah shout out to Vince well, man Vince Vince, 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 Vince cool. first battle hall of famer no question about it without a doubt um, as a wrap up, man, um, I don't know if you've gotten to look at any of the guys coming out this year as far as the draft is concerned. I did a show last week with Deshaun, and we looked at kind of the three main guys. We looked at LaMelo, we looked at the Edwards kid in Georgia, and the Wiseman kid. Have you had right. a chance to look at any of the draft guys or, or anything like that? I mean, I'm, from, I'm familiar with the big names. I, I saw, I caught Edwards all the time in Georgia. Like, not, not in person, but I always caught him on TV. Mm-hmm. Listen, I get it. He's from Atlanta. The Hawks do not need a six foot five guard. I'm happy for that kid. I hope he makes a hundred million dollars. Hey, but I always to get others with him and Trey in the backcourt. Dude, Kevin Hurt is an NBA guard. He's a legitimate NBA guard. And so is Cam Reddish. He's a really big two. We can play Hunter at three. The last thing this team needs is another one and done 19-year-old guard. Even if he's good like that. If you're gonna go crazy, get lucky and draft the middle of a ball. That's that's like, he's going to, I'm telling you, I said it when I saw him play, and I was in California, I saw him as a high school freshman, Jonesboro High School played um, his brothers in them, and uh, Chino Hills, and he was a, a, a kind of a chubby freshman, and I said, yo, who's the little kid that keeps on shooting threes? They said, oh, that's the youngest ball. I said, is he, on, is he playing around? Is he really on varsity? And I'm telling you, that kid was not scared, and he was on the court with MJ Walker, who was a McDonald's All-American, Lonzo Ball, who would be 
California Player of the Year the next year. And you don't have to like LaMelo Ball, but he could play. He was really good in high school. And this, and this, and this, this chubby little freshman was balling. LaMelo Ball is the most talented. I think he's the most talented player in the draft. I really do. Yeah. I think he's a talented, natural basketball player. Natural. So you know Deshaun. So we went back last week and we were yeah. talking about it. And uh, he said the exact same thing you said uh, as far as, like, Man. the Hawks don't need an Edwards. Like, Edwards is – he's the sexy pick. But the Hawks don't need that. They don't really even need to get younger. Like, no. I'm, I, and him and I came to agreement that I almost would like to see Travis see what he can get for the pick because it's gonna be a, it's gonna yeah. be like probably top five. If you can yeah. salvage that pick, maybe trade down, grab you a savvy veteran or somebody with some defensive presence and still be in the top oh, fifteen. I'm all for that because you don't need to get younger, man. Like, because people are expecting playoffs next year. Maybe Phoenix is stupid and wants to get rid of Kelly Oubre. I would give you that pick and some money or some or some picks for guys like that. A veteran guy, Kelly Oubre, who give you twenty points a night at a at a three position. Someone like that. Somebody that crazy, can shoot. Someone that can shoot. First of all, we don't have any. We don't have any shooters outside of Trey Young. We have got and, and Kevin Hurd. We have guys that shoot. We only have two shooters. Yeah. So because Reddish is Reddish is a natural shooter, but he, but right now it's his rookie year. He's not comfortable taking a lot of shots. If we got the number one pick, you you take Wiseman. I mean, anyone with a half a brain takes a, a natural athlete that's seven foot and growing probably. And this kid has not been hurt yet. He's only played like 10 college games. So you want to get him as healthy as you can get him. He might yeah. as well be coming to high school. But other than Wiseman, the Hawks don't need another 19-year-old kid just to be just to have another cool name to sell jerseys. Oh, wow, you have Edwards, and he'll sell a lot of jerseys. But he's also a six-foot-five guard. Yeah. Why, why, who, who says he's better than Kevin Herter? Because you saw him dunk in college. Kevin Herter dunked in college too. But Kevin Herter also scored 25 points in the NBA game last year. Yeah. So I don't need another guard to replace Kevin Herter. I'm cool. We got a guard. We got guards. You, you don't – because you got to think about playing time. You got to think about position. Yeah, I know his best player. Right. And even with the Wiseman kid, I don't even like that pick for the Hawks because mm-hmm. you know, who, who's he going to take minutes from? He's not going to take no John right. Collins minutes. He not, he's not even going to take Dwayne Dedman or LeBissier's minutes. And that's no. going to put the kid in a bad situation because he's drafted so high. People are going to have these expectations. The Hawks aren't drafting. The Hawks are drafting for depth. They got their starters. You know what I'm saying? You got your starters. Nobody in that draft is going to come out and unseat Trey. Nobody's going to come and unseat uh, Kevin or uh, DeAndre. None of them cats. Nobody's going to give it. They start. No, no. So you draft them. No. For, you're going to have a top five pick. You better. You better. I and I and I always said. Trust in Travis. Like, I trust Travis Sling is going to make the right move. Hold on to that pick to the last good. moment and then sell it for 10 cents on the dollar. I, I, I just want the Hawks – move the pick. Just make sure you get uh, – bring something to the, to the roster this year. Move the pick. But don't move the pick for a first-round pick in 2023. We don't <laughs> need that. Because he'll still be a 19-year-old in 2023. Yeah. Move the pick for something that we get the Hawks today. Today, I'm almost certain that Washington or somebody will give up one of their bigs for another rookie. Just yeah. find a big, give up the pick. We don't need another high school player. Yeah, no doubt, man. We don't need another. Yeah. No doubt, man. Oh, sorry, we'll one and done. Man. Whatever. We'll see. Hopefully, sooner than later, man. And once all this stuff gets out of the air and uh, sports starts to get back to an, uh, a, a semblance of normal, I'm interested to see what sports is going to look like. But I'm more concerned with people being safe and being healthy 
And uh, you know, I wish I wish you guys, you and your family, the best, and that you guys are are, are good and healthy, and your son and everything, and all that. Because that's priority number one. You know, the sports stuff can wait, but um, oh, and shout out to the Hawks for uh, paying all their employees during this COVID and uh, during this COVID time. Love that. Uh, shout out to Tom, Tony Wrestler for doing that. Like they were the first one. Like it, it was them and Mark Cuban were the first people to say, "Hey, man, we're gonna pay all our employees." through this pandemic. So shout out to the Hawks for just being an A-class organization. I saw Atlanta. That yeah. was a big time Atlanta move right there. Yeah. For real. And um, I believe the Falcons did it for a long, for a decent period of time too. I believe he was going to get ready to do that too. Check on that. But I think, I think they're going to do that too. Uh, if the season, I believe that's, that's the plan. That's cool. Yeah, man, you, you got to stay safe too, man. We, we, you know, we don't got to be in big crowds. Eh? We can wait to go to the movies in the bar. We don't got I don't, don't listen to what Governor Kemp tell you. Don't go to no bar and don't go to no movie theater and the bowling alley. Don't listen to him. Nah, I'm good on the bowling, man. But, hey, yeah. I appreciate you coming through. Donnell Suggs, man, this is fun. We definitely got to chop it up again. Hopefully we can chop it up at an event next time. I appreciate you coming yes, through. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hawks Beat Podcast, episode number 26. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our at name is at Hawks Beat. The website is The Hawks Beat, and uh, we'll see you guys when we see you. Peace and love. All right, my guy. So uh, let me stop the recording. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.